Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast. This is episode number five with Valerie Hureska. Uh, really great, fun episode. Talk about a lot of different stuff in this one uh, about Val's journey and everything that she's into. Um, so just really appreciated her time. Uh, really did get into kind of deeper points of decision-making with our careers and then just uh, you know just some fun, uh, silly tangents and stuff. But uh, yeah, I talked to Val before, um, one of the early episodes for... Uh, the Student Affairs Collective podcast, which I'll link out to, um, and uh, you know, we'll link out to everything else that we mentioned in this episode as well. It's a lot of good stuff. Um, so yeah, I will not delay this any further. So after a quick message from our sponsor, this is episode number five with Valerie Hariska. It's an honor to have our good friends at Swiftcake be a sponsor of the podcast because I've seen their work firsthand and it's truly unlike any student leadership training I've experienced. They've been voted Best Student Leadership Program unprecedented five times, so you know they must be doing something right. As a bonus for our listeners, SwiftKick is giving a $500 discount off their normal speaking fee if you mention Higher Ed Geek when you contact them. I highly recommend their trainings for your campus as your students will be talking about it for months afterwards. It's really great stuff. Check them out, SwiftKickHQ.com to learn more and let them know I sent you. Now, back to the show. But yeah, I think I, you're probably one of the people I was seeing a lot of my feed um, was something important happened with Penn State yesterday, right? Then they win like a oh big, my gosh, a big they football beat game. Michigan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <so> was... <laughs> um, the reason why it was so big was because one, it was the first time college game day had ever been had been there in like 18 or something years. Like it's been a while. Um, but also because Penn State lost terribly to Michigan last year, 49 to 10. Mm. I guess it was reversed this time too. Like this time, they did very well. That's yeah. So <laughs> one of those uh, one of those rivalries, I suppose. Like, are they like rival? I don't know if they're like. No, traditionally, they're not even but, rivals. It's yeah. like, but you know, it was just something that Penn State was like, "Hey, we got to do this. this. is a big game for us." So, yeah. 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 Sometimes, but, yeah, it's just whatever is the thing in recent memory where it's like, oh yeah, like you said, like you beat us really bad last year, and now we've kind of like evened it out, and yeah. it's just like you know, go back and forth, I guess. But Yeah, um, but for next week, it's Ohio State. Now, last year's game was a surprise victory for Penn State because we were losing, and actually, I had gone to sleep because I was like, I can't I can't watch this bloodbath anymore. Yeah. I wake up to find out that they blocked the field goal, <laughs> and they took it and rushed for the, like, returned it for the touchdown. <laughs> You're like, what? Yeah, of course, when you go to sleep, it's just like, you never really would happen in that game, like, right after yes. you left. Yeah. But luckily, um, Twitter reminded me the next morning, oh, here's what actually yeah. happened. Okay, yeah. thanks. Um, well, uh, just out into the universe. Way to go, Penn State. Good on you. That's yeah. uh, you know, good stuff. I uh, actually um, just shouted a we are on um, Kirkwood Avenue, which is our main, one of our main roads here um, in Bloomington because the Penn State field hockey team was getting off a bus. And I actually looked at uh, Monica, and I was like, Monica, you want to hear something fun? And she's like, sure. So I screamed, we are. And, of course, they all reply, Penn State. And it's just that's really fun when you get to yeah. do that with a bunch of people. Yeah. Yeah, just have that kind of, like, shared connection, the affinity, and just, like, yeah. uh, all that. Because I guess it's it, – I get my geography. Like, it's not too far. Like, it, it is sort of, like, I guess them driving in and, like, playing a game. Like, it's not – that far it's sometimes always just like wait indiana like penn state seems like it's like a long <laughs> haul but um yeah. it's eight hours no, um geez. state college pennsylvania and you have to go through the entire state of ohio and pretty yeah, much halfway yeah. through pennsylvania yeah. so it's it's a haul um 
Yeah. Yeah. Because with all the people that I've talked to, sometimes it's like states are like bigger or smaller than you think they are, kind of like driving up like the coast of California or like across Texas or something. And then that, it's like, like what I was saying, like I thought it would be closer, but it's like, oh yeah, you have to drive across an entire state. Like all of Ohio is like in between there. Um, All the places I've not been. I've been to Indianapolis. I I guess I I was at Penn State, but um, that's about it for the the Midwest. But um, well, geography aside uh i appreciate you uh yeah. jumping on here because uh yeah i'll have to link back to that episode i mean it, it was years ago at this point but i really enjoyed you being on my uh former podcast episode for uh student affairs collective and um yeah i just thought of you being just a cool guest to hang out oh, and just more, yeah more of like kind of a uh casual thing and i know people probably will notice when they listen to this episode but generally just trying to like you know kind of more like optimistic and like enthusiasm and things that people are into and how they've kind of positively contributed to their lives and stuff. So I'd be curious to, to kind of learn more about that yeah. side of you. Um, but real quick, and I'm sure people will kind of get a bit of it. Um, if you listen to the, the prior uh, podcast that we did, but just like cliff notes version of your story, uh, kind of where you are now and what was that kind of like, because <laughs> I think the biggest thing that I'm curious about now, so if you maybe want to focus on it, in this way because you've kind of like moved around a bit so like mm-hmm. kind of those like decision points because I think I've recognized that for me like I get antsy like almost every two years positions yeah. I've been in so um yeah yeah I guess like what are those decision points been like I guess just kind of follow your journey along to where you are now sure so um so when I first graduated my master's I went to the University of South Carolina um because it was it was so fascinating how I chose where I first wanted to work because I was like I want to go to a school with a big football program and maybe not in like the big 10, but you know, let's try the South. Cause why not? Right. Um, when you first graduate, you get to be adventurous if you choose to be. So I I went down to Columbia, South Carolina, or some people like to call it Columbia. Yeah. Uh, it's famously hot. <laughs> um, now it's like the soda city. I'm like, they changed their slogan. Their chamber of commerce is working real hard. <laughs> Um, and I got some really great opportunities there. I was a residence life coordinator, so your entry level um, housing professional. And I got to work with the athletes. Um, and so I got the football, I got like part of the football team. I got part of the soccer team for men and women. I got part of the men and women's basketball teams, the tennis team, and, you know, just some traditional students living in apartment housing. And that was really great. Um, I will say the football team, very interesting to work with. Um, it's not every day you get Coach Spurrier's phone number like on your contact sheet. You're like, oh, the old ball coach. Let me just call and say hey. Um, but then the opportunity came. I got to actually open a building. Um, it was an honors college. And South Carolina was doing some really interesting things at the time. Um, they really um, were like, nope, we're going to hop on this LLC train and then we're going to start to really come up with these really cool initiatives within the LLC. So, um, some of the folks that are, that were there when I was there that came up with these are still there now and they're doing some great things. Actually, South Carolina is really known for their residential curriculum now, which kind of spawned out of what we were doing there when I was serving in um, my role as RLC. But there came a time, it was after three years, I was just like, you know, it's great being here. I got some really great experience, but South Carolina is just not for this girl right here. So um, I did a lateral move to Boston University, um, completely different 
I had a tower of a thousand students. The and let's see, all the towers combined were like three thousand. Oh. Um, so Warren Towers, for those of you who are listening, is a fabulous place to work as a uh, residence life professional or student affairs professional. Um, I I learned so much from them. Completely different as far as the environment that came with South Carolina. Um, I think one of the most pinnacle uh, points in my career, and I will always say this, has probably been during the Boston Marathon and working in Boston in a residence hall of that many people, um, trying to figure out and kind of navigate all crises. And so, you know, I never really earned my residence life stripes until that day. Um, and so it was it was a, such an unfortunate event, but as far as working through it, I couldn't have asked for a better staff um, because that's truly what made it a lot easy um, to coordinate was the staff. Um, and then at that point, I had been living in for about two, two and a half years at BU. So if you're keeping track, that's probably about five and a half, six years total of living in. And there just comes a point when you're like, I really can't live in anymore. Um, some people love it. Um, it's great for the bills. So if you're like, nope, I just want to squander away all this money, you know, more power to you. But for me, I was like, I can't do it anymore. Um, and so when I started my national search, um, I was really looking for something more in the residence education areas. Um, so academic initiatives, LLCs, whatever, like I knew that was my drive, my passion area. And so I was like, hey, there's a job at IU open. Let's apply for it. And that's what happened. Um, and so that's really why I moved to Bloomington. Bloomington is actually a great little community in Indiana. And you're, everybody out there is probably like, oh, Indiana. But um, it's not a terrible place. It's, it's actually a great community. Um, the people in town are just, they're quirky like you'll find in any small college town. Um, I really appreciate this place for all the local businesses. Um, we have coffee shops galore. Uh, my friend and coworker and I did a tour of all the Bloomington coffee shops over the summer. And we have kind of a blog called Brutiful Bloomington because we like puns. Um, so we did that. And, you know, we have a distiller. We have so many local breweries, like it's a really cool place to come visit. Um, so yeah, that's why I'm here at IU. I'm, so when I came here, um, I was hired to be the assistant director for living and learning centers. So I had about 11 living and learning centers underneath my belt. And then my department went through a reorg. Um, so at one point I was doing about two full-time jobs. I was doing my assistant director for LLCs, but also full-time um, the leadership person. So I was working with residence hall association, which in and of itself is a full-time job. Um, so when we finally reorged, I am now the assistant director for student leadership and engagement. So I have, uh, two grad students. I have residence hall association, national residence hall honorary, um, a specialty program we have here called the community and leadership development center. And that's a really awesome program. Um, I also supervise two full-time master's level staff members um, so and who have two buildings. So, so yeah, a lot more underneath my area of responsibilities. Um, but it's, but it's been good so far. It's been a great little journey. Yeah. Well, I think, cause I, I recall, uh, I'm pretty sure if it was on your, I feel like it was on your blog, like you wrote about like kind of that like crisis response uh, sort oh, of journey, yeah. like more specifically. So I think we'll, we'll link out to that. Cause I think, 
part of it because I was at um, Rutgers when Hurricane Sandy hit, and like mm-hmm. where we were certainly did not get the worst of it, but it was just that idea of I think because you like you know we're, we're writing through kind of the the thoughts and feelings about like just what it taught you as a professional and just kind of like kind of some of the nuances of things that happened during that time. And I know for me it was like learning to trust my instincts. Like I, mm-hmm. it was just the idea that like there's kind of baked in just some like good instincts about how to best support students and like that really you know kind of came to the top during you know this very high intensity you know moment um so yeah i'll have to um to find that post and like out to it because yeah that's definitely like a like you said like kind of earning your stripes like some sort of just like you know highly urgent kind of you know crisis response i think can teach people a lot of things and like you said it's it's an awful thing that happens but (laughs) the idea that like the way that you respond to it and kind of move on from it and just, you know, learn and grow from it. Cause it, you know, anything that happens to anybody, you could kind of, I don't know, get hung up on it or just not respond in the best way. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, it's interesting, interesting things to think about. Mm-hmm. But, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And, I, and it's just like the, the decision points for you. It's like, I don't know, for me, like part of that was part of my journey as well. Just like, cause it, I, share an affinity for new jersey that i know you have as well of so like, course. <laughs> uh, like going to grad school in new jersey like that was like almost like a pull back and it's like i want to be close to be back here because that's like where my wife and our a lot of our friends and her family and stuff and like um you know we moved away for two years to maine that was almost kind of like the south carolina like exodus yeah. and then you're like eh, okay cool but like let me go back to something else like i mean similarly i don't know if it was specifically for you like for us it was like we wanted to be like in a city like just in a place with more stuff or just like a place we felt more kind of comfortable and um, certainly, uh, you know, where you've ended up now in Bloomington. Cause I think people may like take for granted having just like you said, like all these local small businesses, like everything you could think of and everything that you would need and just plenty to explore. Like Maine had some of that, but for whatever reason, like there was not a lot of coffee shops and that was kind of like a bummer where there'd be like one and it'd just be like, I guess that's where I'll go to hang out if I want to like get a nice cup of coffee or whatever. Oh my gosh. Um, uh, I will yeah. say the umbrage I do have with Bloomington and people know about it. So this is, this is not a surprise. There's no Dunkin' Donuts. Right. <laughs> for the I record, mean... it's just, <laughs> it's always going to like be a detractor. One... Like... <laughs> The, cl- the closest one is 45 minutes away by the Indianapolis airport. And it got to a point where the same person would work um, when I would go to the airport. Like, they, they're they like, oh, you're that girl from Bloomington. Because <laughs> yeah, you would, like, walk up and, like, starry gaze. Just like, oh, I'm here. Just like, like you're that person that comes here, like, all the time. They know. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think that's one of those things, like, a, a cultural touch point, so to speak, of just, like, those things that, like, because I think, like, um, yeah, like, there's a thing in Maine that we missed was, like, Wawa's in New Jersey. And, like, oh, I have them growing up man. in Delaware and, like, those things. So, like, it's almost, it seems silly, but I feel like those are, like, they capture the emotional, like, sort of anchor that people have to certain places and why they, like, make decision points to, like, you know, certainly you go off and have kind of the adventure. You go off to somewhere else to see what that's like, but it may ultimately end up having you, like, further appreciate the things that you had, you know, where you were originally, like, and whether it's, like, you go there back there specifically or seek that out, you know, somewhere else where, you know, a good opportunity like at Indiana University maybe. Um, Cause yeah, it sounds like, you know, you planted seeds of like living and learning communities and kind of working. Cause I know like for me, if I were to ever go back into res life, ideally it would be in those sort of capacities where it's like, cause of, you know, typically a lot of people are just kind of in that operational, like running a building, but like right. all the stuff that you kind of like 
supplement it and kind of augment it with in terms of like student leadership or living learning communities and those sort of things. It's like, for me, that's like more exciting to where like running a building comes pretty intuitively, but yeah. um, I'd want to you know have more of that challenge. So it's cool that you kind of found that somewhere else. And yeah. Um, yeah, I guess like with that, like kind of for where you are now, you know, you've been there for a little while. Like, what what is it about that that you enjoy more? You know, most about the job that you do now, and kind of just like um, talk through that a little bit. Yeah. yeah, sometimes it's really hard being in the mid level. Like, I'm not gonna lie. So anybody who's listening, who is entry level, thinking about going to mid level, or someone who's even mid level right now, and being like, man, this is this is challenging. Um, they're not wrong. Um, so I think one of the favorite parts about my job right now and just looking at, at where I am, um, is hopefully, and, and trying to little day by day is, is being that disruptor, um, in my role. And, and it's interesting because if you think about big 10 programs, so Rutgers, if you, uh, Rutgers full of history, um, if you think about IU, um, they're Big Ten programs with a lot of tradition, a lot of history, and the challenge to kind of think differently. Um, and so I like to think that I am from the outside coming in, which I which I am. I would say 95% of my residence life team um, at the mid-level and above has some sort of IU connection or has been here for like 30 years. So as the only non-IU person coming in, I, I, I feel it's my role to be the disruptor. So I think that's what I enjoy most. And it's challenging. And the reason I say that is because at what point in our careers as student affairs professionals, um, specifically residence life professionals, are we allowed that title of disruptor? Because you would think that that's someone from like the director level who can make most of the change. Um, but I think some of it has to start at that mid-level is like, okay, this is what we're observing. This is what's going on now. How can we just tweak it a little bit to make it better? Um, that's that's probably one of my favorite part. I mean, my another favorite part is actually is supervising. Um, <laughs> I never I never thought I would say that, but it's it's been great. Um, from supervising my master's level um, professional full time staff members to my grad students, like, gosh, they just bring so much to the table. They're just all smart individuals, and I'm very fortunate enough to work with these people every day. They're they're some of the best and the brightest and watch out for these graduate students that I have. They're going to make such a great impact on this world. Um, like the things they are teaching me about what they're learning in their classes. I'm like, can you just send me your readings? Because sometimes it, we don't, as professionals, we don't get that opportunity to read and, and keep current on all the trends. So that's why I, I'm very fortunate that my grads are like, yes, please read this. And then tell us what it's about. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. They read, they read their good eggs. Um, so yeah, those are those have to be some of my favorite parts is just kind of getting in there and and trying to figure out how to make our department more efficient, I think, um, how to bring new ideas to the table and just supervision. They're yeah. such great. It's easy when you have good people to work with. Yeah. Well, and I think I'm sure for where you're at now, because, yeah, like if you're sort of the middle management, you kind of you're in certain meetings where you can definitely like advocate for things, but you're still, you know, directly supervising the people right there kind of on the front lines. And yeah. I think as much as my inclination, yeah, cause I like sort of coming up with ideas and doing those sort of things. And I, 
am also at certain times like very impatient which is weird because like yeah most of the time i'm like i'm patient but then like if it's like oh let's do this new thing i'm like yeah well let's just like do it now let's just like go ahead and start doing it everybody agrees it's a great idea um but i would like because it's very much harder to do that if you're kind of like yeah i've been here for a couple months i think that i have all the best ideas and even if you're kind of getting some support on it, it can still be difficult so you've been there for like enough time that i would i would hope and i would think that like yeah. you kind of have that like kind of basis to be like i've seen everything go through like a couple of times you know like a few academic years and sort of like taking up that mantle and feeling like you know that's something that you uh sort of aspire to is definitely cool and you kind of feel like i guess you have a little bit of that kind of room to stretch out and do that and i know um yeah like with the supervision stuff too that's like for me like it would feel very affirming if the next step for me had something like that because i've only ever supervised yeah. student staff and i'm still at a level now being essentially like an academic advisor mm -hmm. like i don't have anybody under me i'm just sort of like chasing down students and being like hey make sure you register is everything going okay like you know talk to me um so like if i were to be like okay at the next point even if it's like me and i'm supervising one person like a graduate student or like a you know full-time professional or something would be like okay i feel like i'm like getting to that next thing um mm -hmm. versus like kind of existing at and again i guess it's partially me but just feeling like i'm in this one wrong for a long time and i definitely have the uh um sort of the gumption uh for lack of a better term of like ambition like i'm kind of like i i want it i want to like like it's like i want to feel uncomfortable i want to like you know struggle through kind of learning that stuff because it's just like i feel like for me it, i don't know if maybe almost you want to focus on this for a moment i'd be curious what you'd say but that i think it's really hard where like yeah, getting to that next place, like you're saying, like people who are, you know, entry level trying to go to mid level and that, you know, experience for you where it can kind of be hard at times. But I feel like it's hard for like me at this point for me to like break through because you almost have to be like, trust me, I can manage someone full time, even though I've never done it before. Sure. Like, so like, how do you, you know, compel that? So I guess like, what was that maybe experience like for you in terms of like, you know, I know your job kind of changed. So I don't know if that was yeah. kind of okay, you sort of just slid into it or kind of what that journey was like. Yeah, actually, that was probably the hardest part is trying to convince people that, yes, I can trans transfer the skills I have from supervising an undergraduate student or graduate student to um, a full-time staff member. And I think when you go on interviews and you're like, here's the experience that I bring, you really have to make it transferable. So, of course, I didn't have any... Um, full-time. I, I never supervised full-time staff before, but because I could be like, well, here are the skills that I used with my undergrad, and I can see myself using this with a professional staff member in the same essence. I, I think it's more about your supervision style versus the actual tangible. I supervised already. It's great that you did, but if you, if you cannot speak confidently about how you supervise, then it's kind of just null and void I think at that point um and that's something hard because I you know my supervision style is dependent on the person um but at the very core it's like getting to know the person um for who they are they're they're people first and not just your employees or those that you supervise so take a very uh, personal and collaborative approach to mine so if anybody wants to know my supervision style that's it um <laughs> And some people are like, well, supervising through authenticity. I'm like, that's a great way too. So I, I think as long as you're able to talk about how you supervise, even if you don't have professional supervision experience, there there's some transferable skill that you can you can talk about.
Um, that's how you have to do it. Now, it was a little bit easier for me because when I when they reorged, I then got people to supervise. So I was like, oh, so it's really like, okay, well, here we are again. I, and I hadn't supervised anybody for about, I guess, two years prior. Like, I took two years off of supervising. <laughs> um, it was kind of nice, but that was, that was my job. But my job was also big when you have 11 LLCs and then five staff members per LLC. It's a lot. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I didn't get to take a break from that, um, but coming back into supervision, it's like, okay, getting back on this bike again, and here's what you have to do. You just just have to be confident in what you do. Yeah, yeah and I yeah. guess it's like, it's that they're not mutually exclusive skills, like skill sets, and I think for me, I'm like shortchanging myself. If it's like, you can just speak about those things confidently, where it's like, yeah, if you if you take it seriously and say like, yeah, I've been managing human beings and like, yeah, they have yeah. to be like undergraduate students who are like working part time, whatever. But yeah, like being confident in that what you've learned from that and like the style that you've developed is kind of worthwhile and kind of has like, you know, uh, credibility and stuff. So yeah, absolutely. Think that, like, it's all about telling your yeah. story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, to shift gears a little bit. So this is, uh, you know, I'm very curious to hear. Um, you know, sort of the things that you geek out about and, you know, yeah. it'd be very, very open-ended, I guess, but just like, you know, what do you geek out about currently and have you always been into it? Isn't it news discovery? Is it something that you've been into for as long as you can remember? Just, you know, any number of things that you're currently uh, enthusiastic these, about. These were really tough questions. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I was like, what do I geek out? I geek out. So you caught me at a really good time because I did just come back um, on a professional level. I did just come back mm. from Residential Curriculum Institute. So currently I am geeking out about that because it's just, it's really awesome. I think the more and more schools that incorporate a curriculum into uh, whatever functional area they work in, I think the better off they're going to be. I think it's just, it's a breath of fresh air. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the article, so before you attend the Residential Curriculum Institute, you get like a, a binder's worth of uh, readings to do. Um, and so one of the articles just kept going on about how they're in it to kind of change the way we've always been like programming and selecting staff members and RAs and and things like that. Like it's really cool and really fascinating. And the people who put on the residential curriculum, so it's, it's through ACPA, um, the presenters, the faculty, they, Oh my God, they were so great. Mm -hmm. So I'm really geeking out about that. So, um, but on a personal level, I guess, um, what am I geeking out about? That was really challenging. Star Wars. I'm geeking about out about yeah, Star Wars yeah. because Episode Eight is coming out in December, and I already have my tickets. Dustin, do you have your tickets? The timing is bad, so I'm going on like a, a trip with my my job. We have like an immersion for our students that opening weekend, so I'm still like thinking about like, okay, so do it. Can I do it like while I'm there, or can I do it like right when I come back and stuff? So. Yeah, uh, forgive me, everyone. I, I maybe by the time this airs, I will have gotten them. But as of this moment, I have not. Totally respect it because I've That's gotten okay. my Thor. I got my Thor Ragnarok tickets because I usually am one of those people that like I, I like <laughs> like I know I'm gonna see it and I want to like book it and then I can look forward to it and like just be like, all right, like that's. That's when it's happening versus like trying to make it happen like the day of or something like, oh, let me go like get tickets or whatever. I'm like, no, I'm going to buy it like weeks in advance. I'm sure any day now I will. But yeah, I mean, like we're experiencing yeah. a renaissance of Star Wars. So. Oh, my gosh. I'm yeah. so excited. And so I guess to answer how long have I been geeking out about Star Wars? I mean, pre since I was born, I guess <laughs> my mom, my mom was pregnant with me and she took my brother 
to go see one of those movies. I forget which one was out. Yeah. Well, then they but, re-released all of them too, so it could be hard to just think. Yeah. Like, what was that? What was like? What was that? Yeah. Um, but so I guess I've been geeking out about Star Wars all my life. I think it's it's just so cool and just it it was it's just such an awesome movie. I'm like I can't even talk about it. I'm yeah. like so geeking out. Yeah, there's so much stuff because it's almost like if we want to go down that tangent, I'm just like okay, well tell me yeah. about all of your favorite oh, parts. Yeah. We can spend hours yeah. and people would stop listening. <laughs> like, oh, it's a Maybe. two and a half hour episode. Oh, okay, well I gotta like break this. Those, into hard, chunks, those so. hardcore podcasters would listen. Right. Um, I think I geek out about coffee. Mm. Um, so like I said, my friend and I went around Bloomington and. And we we tried every coffee shop. Um, also, I think people get a kick out of how I say that word, so I think that's part of like the fun part um, because my true Jersey essence comes out whenever I yeah. say that word. Um, but I love it. I don't I don't know what I love about it. So I think the smells. I think it's just comforting. And yes, the caffeine boost is very very welcomed in my world. Um, but so many. I don't like hip and trendy places. Um, we have a lot of those in Bloomington and every now and then I'll get like a, a vanilla latte. Like they're delightful, but at the end of the day, I like my coffee, my coffee black, like my heart. So (laughs) (laughs) in fact, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking that maybe one day, um, and I know you have like a future question on here, but I'll, you know, here's what I would love to do one day is just to open up my own coffee shop, but the people who would work there are people who are just getting out of jail. Mm-hmm. And so I would hire them into my coffee shop just to give them a fresh start because I think every person deserves a second chance at, at a good life. So that's what I would do. And then maybe, and so people, somebody's going to steal this. Somebody's going to listen to this podcast and steal this. Yeah, I want to also I want to be like the Chipotle of coffee shops where you come in, you have a variety of beans and we will roast them and then brew them on demand for you. That's something. There's something there. Yeah, <laughs> there's something there and somebody's going to steal it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but we also have this recorded on a thing like you said the idea so we could sort of I feel like, I mean, you have to like maybe register for a copy. I don't know. Maybe someone can reply with how this works. Intellectual property. But um, yeah. oh, uh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think that's because there's like a, um, a place that I found. I think they get they make the brownies that Ben and Jerry's uses in their ice cream, like Greystone mm-hmm. Bakery that like and it's a shame that like a place has to like how you're saying, like be so purposeful where it's like we are going to hire people who have gotten out of prison recently like, because, mm-hmm. yeah, generally people just see that and they're like, oh, no, you're not going to get hired because, yeah. you know, they'll make all the assumptions and stuff. So, yeah, I think it's um, yeah. And then there, there's so many other things like that of just like you know hiring uh, uh-huh. veterans and you know just like i love stuff like that because yeah it's like again ideally we would live in a world where the, like things like that don't have to exist but um yeah i think that's because i think that's like i think a lot of people have ideas like that and i think ideas like that you know if you very much like kind of methodically work towards that because i think even doing something like going around to a bunch of coffee shops like you've seen like i like how they do that like this seems to work mm-hmm. really well and it's like you work towards that where you're playing the long game because I think some people, like I said, like I can get impatient with like doing stuff and sometimes it works great and other times it doesn't yeah. where, you know, if we work too quickly towards something without really like 
you know, you let the adrenaline almost rule. It's just like, you know what, let's just like figure out how this all works. So it'll be cool. Like you have this idea and like yeah. you know, eventually like sort of being, you know, what you're looking forward to in the future, like not an exact date, but you know, someday maybe, you know? Yeah. Um, Listen, I already have like the interior design plans for this place. I mean, <laughs> so that's something else I geek out about is like interior design because right now I live in a 500 square foot apartment with beige walls. Um, so <laughs> what's not to geek out about interior design because I can't do that just yet. So, um, so yeah, I, I already know I'm going to have exposed brick. Mm. I'm going to make it very like natural. So I'm going to have a lot of natural elements, um, like exposed wood beams. It's, it's going to be so beautiful Yeah. and a big roaster. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. And, and barista school. So I was like, Oh, you can be a certified barista. And I'm like, okay, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I would say like, I, I kind of, lightly geek out about coffee because yeah like i kind of get maybe i just need to like purposely kind of experience it but i kind of get intimidated by like you know the different origin beans and the like all these like uh. complex flavor profiles which like you know now that i'm like thinking out loud um you know because i love craft beer and certainly mm -hmm. like i just am this kind of like dedicated amateur like just kind of like i don't really know all the lingo yet i keep learning more and figuring out like the kind of things that i like um, so I just would have to apply that same thing to coffee. So yeah, it gives me a little bit of support now, like thinking out loud, but yeah. So just for the record, cause I, I do enjoy a good coffee shop. I'm more of an iced coffee guy, like a good okay. cold brew. Um, Delicious. do like, yeah, like coffee, uh, like an iced coffee with soy milk, maybe a little like sweetener yeah. of some sort. Um, cause that's also a problem of mine. Uh, it's not really like a geek out. It's, it's, it's really an affliction is I have a sweet tooth and I can't help it. I, I used to have like my coffee just loaded with like creamer and sugar uh. and just like now I'm thinking back, I'm like, <laughs> that was a lot. That was like an obscene, a, a gratuitous amount of sugar that I would used to put like, and I was a kid too. I, you know, just like, you know, craving and I'm hungry for it. But now it's like, yeah. <laughs> as an adult, I'm just like, I can't do that anymore. Like, and I'd have like two cups a day of just this like, oh, it's, it's too much. I mean, it tasted delicious, but not, of course it did. Not, not good in the, <laughs> not good in the long run. Um, but uh, yeah, and I like that you you covered a gamut of things of just like what you geek out about professionally, and because I think yeah. that's sort of at the, the the core and sort of the spirit of this is that, um, you know, because I think for me, I'm st I'm still searching for it, but that idea of like the enthusiasm that people have about the things that they geek out about, kind of in their you know, everyday lives, trying to find the things that we're enthusiastic about and find the things that we're good at and try to find the union of those. So, you know, if it is opening up your own coffee shop or something, but, mm -hmm. you know, for me, I realized that like, I'm good at writing and trying to find like yeah. things that I can write about that I'm enthusiastic about and, um, you know, doing stuff like this, like the podcast and all that. So, um, that's what I, I try to encourage, you know, or I want to encourage people with, uh, with this endeavor. So I guess, you know, with those things or anything else that you can think of, of like the things that you geek out about. So I know that you're a, uh, you know, an avid runner and stuff like that. Obviously that has a pretty direct correlation of like a positive. Oh yeah. Do you want to see uh, this? Look at that. I took yeah. all my racing bibs and put them on canvas. Right. There you go. Yeah. It looks, uh, yeah. Like stuff like that. It's like, That's you know, art. yeah. Like, um, <laughs> so like, yeah, with like running obviously has like a pretty direct, like positive contribution, but like, yeah. Anything else like with, with the level of a coffee or anything else, like how those things, your hobbies and interests positively contributed to your life? Oh my gosh, that's so funny you said coffee positively. It does. It just makes me a nicer person. Right. Yeah. Without it, I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I need one of those mugs that says, do not talk to me. 
right. okay you can like chat with me okay go ahead <laughs> like, yeah, like the warming thing yeah I yeah, guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um something that positive another hobby so um Every day, okay, well, every Monday through Friday, I do go to the gym. Um, but what I like about this gym, it's not like I'm going to go lift weights. Um, I am part of a fitness club, I guess. It's called Farrell's Extreme Body Shaping, and it's a regional um, regional gym. So they have gyms in Iowa, Nebraska, <laughs> Indiana, Illinois, and I think, like, one in Texas. Um and it's great because it breaks up your week. So every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, it's kickboxing. And every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday morning, if you go, if you're a morning person, um, it's strength training days. So they alternate between upper body and lower body strength training using using resistance bands. And you're like, oh, how much of a workout can you get with resistance resistance bands? Let me tell you. <laughs> you can get a really good workout with resistance bands. Um, in fact, it's so good that even Tom Brady, for those of you who follow the New England Patriots, uh, the face I'm making is not a positive one. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Tom Brady, I, I read somewhere that he, he has like his book TB12 or something coming out like that. But in it, part of his workout regimen is using resistance band strength training. So if it's good enough for Tom Brady, it's great for me. So um so I like to think I'm on the same level as Tom Brady. Hey, yeah. If you um, ever met so him, you could talk about that, you know. Never, right. Well, he went to Michigan. That's never going to happen. <laughs> like, now it's Tom Brady. It's like, I, I just can't. Like, I just I can't talk to you. Yeah. Um, so I, I like it because it just, it keeps me so sane. Um, you know, kicking and punching a bag is probably the best release ever. Um. So, so it's, it's great. Strength training is great too. In fact, it actually helped me get faster in my running. So, um, now I haven't been on a run in a while, but when I was training for my last half marathon in, gosh, when did I run that? April? It was the end of April. I ran like a seven, like 21 mile. And I was like, where did that come from? <laughs> but it's because, you know, strength training helps helps you build up muscle mass and it's, it's great. So I have been doing it since, gosh, I started in January. And so I've still been doing it. It's, it's probably the longest committed thing I've yeah. done. So it's, it's been really awesome. So that has definitely positively influenced my life. Um, I think getting out and going outside more when the weather is beautiful, um, Bloomington has some of the best parks, outdoor trails, um, that's one of the main reasons why I moved here too, not only for the job, but because it was so nice to get out of a city. And I, you know, so there are days that I totally miss living in a city. Trust me, the public transportation, even though, you know, the tea was terrible, the metro is not good either, but it's okay. I just, I miss it. Um, but there are days when I'm like, I can go down two miles down the road and go kayaking on a lake and watch the pretty, like watch the leap, like the it's gorgeous. So I think just being outside more, getting outside away from the technology has just been so good for my soul. Um, it, it's just made my life better. And so every weekend I try and go on hikes. So we have a lot of state parks around here. And so someone will go with me or I just go by myself. It's fine. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah. Well, I think because, yeah, like those things, you know, I would, I would consider them like hobbies like they they help make 
the the time mm-hmm. that you have free, you know, meaningful and yeah, they like easily positively contribute to your life just to, to unplug and be active and just like, you know, get some, some fresh air and those sort of things. So, um, yeah, that's all good stuff. So, I mean, yeah, you go out for a good hike yeah. and, you know, go get a good cup of coffee or something afterwards or, you know, because that's like, that sounds like a great day to me. Like, I was, you know, um, that's usually my Saturday. To be honest, that's usually my Saturday mornings um, where I will go to a coffee shop and then go hiking or vice versa, depending on what time the Penn State football game is, of course. Mm-hmm. But that's only from August to December. So, yeah. <laughs> well, so, uh, you know, for example, if you're at your local coffee shop or wherever, you know, you have, you know, free time like is there anything um that you're reading watching listening to anything that's kind of you know kind of grabbing your interest lately i made a list because this is going to be really hard for me to come up on the spot so um things i am listening to um so a lot of podcasts so we have modern romance which was the aziz ansari book but the actual podcast is pretty darn fabulous uh pod save america i think people have heard of that one Mm -hmm. it's really awesome um, my favorite murder. Yeah. That's, That's very popular. I know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so cool. <laughs> um, Dear Sugars. Have yes. you, have you heard? My wife that? likes it. Yeah. I listened oh, to it with her. Yeah. So. It's a tearjerker. I remember. So I just did a trip. I did a round trip from uh, Bloomington to New Jersey, which is about 12 hours each way. Mm. And I'm sitting in the car, like tears just rolling down my face because, oh, these letters are something. And then, um, this one comes from NPR. It's how I built this. Mm-hmm. Um, where they interview people like uh, the CEOs of major co- corporations, and they're like, we did this, and companies. So it's really awesome. Um, so I don't read as much as I would love to. Um, you know, I read the news every day, read Washington Post, The Atlantic, uh, Reddit. Oh, my gosh. Reddit's like the black hole of awesome. <laughs> Just sit on it for hours. Um, but so, so I came up with the last three books that I read, um, Villa Incognito by Tom Robbins. So Tom Robbins writes some really good books and that was the first one I just finished. Um, talking as as fast as I can, um, by Lauren Graham. So Lorelai Gilmore, it's a good book. It's like junk food for your, for your eyes, Mm -hmm. I suppose. And then, um, in the country we love, um, my family divided, uh, one of the actresses from Orange is the New Black wrote this book. Um, and it talks about how her family, like her parents were deported and how she had to grow up in the United States without a family. Yeah. Um, so very, very powerful book right there. And then for fun, uh, the New York Regional Mormon Singles Halloween Dance. <laughs> Those were my last four books. That I read. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so I, do, I do enjoy reading. That mostly happened over the summer um, because then training came and then, then I had to read things for residential curriculum Institute. So hopefully, uh, with the holidays coming up, um, some more long, some, some more longer, some longer breaks in there. Um, hopefully I get more books. I, I'm like 546 for, uh, what happened by Hillary Clinton. So I'll be waiting a while for that one. Thanks. <laughs> but I mean, I'm glad people want to read. There are eight copies, and I'm like nine, number 500. That's ridiculous. So I'm like, are there 500 people in Bloomington? Yes, there are, 80, <laughs> there are actually 80,000. So I learned that um, from the mayor when he came to speak uh, like a few months ago. He's like, Bloomington citizens, eight, 80,000 strong. I was like, really? 
that's without the students too. So I was, I was very impressed. Right. Um, what I am watching. So, um, that's a little challenging. So I love, um, if it's on, which it always is on law and order SVU. I, I don't know why. Um, <laughs> this is us. Oh, because who doesn't need a good cry every now and then? That show is everything. Um, and I love The Good Place. Mm. Have you ever mm-hmm. The Good Place? Yeah, I just oh, watched through it like uh, last month. Yeah. Oh, it is a hoot and a half. We're in the bad place. <laughs> so, <laughs> what the fork, right? Um, yeah. So, so those are, oh, and Bob's Burgers. How could I forget Bob's Burgers? Big mm. fan. Tina yeah. Belcher. Twenty. <laughs> for president 2020 yeah um yeah that's all good stuff and i know yeah like i feel like bob's burgers has moved around like streaming stuff but like yeah like if somebody needs like just a great new comedy that's a good one because i mean it's been on for a long time and it's like very referential like i'm rewatching um arrested development right now and just like i've been away from it for a long time and just like revisiting it i'm just like like this is just because it very much captures like one of my favorite things like being smartly stupid like yeah. that's one of my favorite because like Bob's Burgers does, with like all the puns and just like you know random like references and stuff like that's my favorite like kind of pinpointed kind of vibe but um, yeah I mean that's all that's all good stuff yeah we'll link out um, to everything and I think because that's the thing for me is like you know all that kind of stuff it's like you have uh, such a like kind of rich and full diet of like podcasts and books and all that and like for me yeah like reading usually falls to the bottom of the totem pole where like it takes me a good while to get through a book because i'll try to like keep up with my shows that are currently on and maybe i'm working through some other show or like you know watching the occasional like movie on netflix or at the theater or whatever um so yeah like podcasts are pretty like yeah drives i'm doing the dishes i'm doing laundry Mm -hmm. or like you know my lunch break and then um yeah, I love, like, coming home and then just, like, watching my shows. and Yeah. Uh, maybe try to, like, read a chapter before bed, but then sometimes I'm just, like, I don't want to do it. But then I also, like, trying to read comic books and stuff, too. So, like, oh, trying to yeah. flip-flop around. Uh, but, yeah. I think I have it all. I can't find my – I usually – so my MacBook's on my coffee table, and usually I have my, my Kamala Khan with me, but Ms. Marvel, but – can't seem to find it nice. um i forgot podcast on being with chris the trippet that's a good one too cool yeah um so you, you alluded i guess more so to uh, kind of an aspirational you know like a dream of yours with the coffee shop and stuff but just anything else in terms of like something that's releasing i mean you mentioned star wars is something that you're looking forward yeah. to just like <laughs> kind of ending on a positive note like what are things in your life yeah. maybe personal maybe professional things that you are looking forward to Oh gosh. Well, I'm looking forward to, oh gosh. So I'm doing a little bit of traveling, um, in the upcoming months, New Jersey, New Jersey, because the holidays and Maharaska would be very upset if I did not come home. So you can't make that, can't make my mother upset. Um, then I am going to actually in a few weeks, I am going to Nebraska because I'm trying to hit up every big 10 football stadium. So I am going to watch Nebraska Cornhuskers take on the Northwestern Wildcats. Um, so <laughs> I was mouthful of those names. <laughs> yeah. No Penn state. So the Nebraska Penn state game is in state college on the day we close our building. So I'm like, Why? But that's okay. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be – I never thought as someone from the East Coast I'd be going to Lincoln, 
Nebraska. I'm I'm sure it's a wonderful place. Um, and so I will have to take pictures. <laughs> Just to be like um, proof. So like I'm here, you guys. I was not like, I'm you know. here. Yeah. I'm in Nebraska. I once did like I drove through it once. Um I did a road trip from Oregon to South Carolina and we drove through Nebraska. I was like, oh it's flat. But but my goal is to actually do a race in every state, so I think I have to go back eventually to run the race there because there there aren't any races that time. So yeah, two big like I guess life goals is to visit every Big Ten um, campus and maybe attend a football game. So check that one off. Um, a life goal, like a personal goal, is to run a race in every state. I have the majority of the East Coast done. I'm not going to say all because I have not. I have not run a race in Maine or Vermont, uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island. I know. I'm like, oh, wait, I guess I don't have most of oh, it yeah, done. It's more like New England. Yeah, it's all yeah, those, I've like, done New England. I've done New there, Hampshire, yeah. Massachusetts, uh, New Jersey, New York. Well, those are mid-Atlantic states. Uh, Pennsylvania, Florida. So, yeah, I have a little ways to go on the East Coast. Um, I've done Indiana, Illinois, uh, Tennessee, believe it or not. I never thought I'd say that. Um and Canada, so yeah. Well, I think it's nice so, to have those like those like north stars, like the guiding yeah, points for doing yeah. stuff. Because for me, it's like yeah, like visiting campuses in general, and then like drinking like local craft beer or something. You know, like yeah. it's like if you get a flavor for the place, like you do a race, you're probably hopefully racing in a place that looks nice. You're seeing like you know yeah. that area. Yeah, it is a great way to see like a new place. Um, I didn't know Nashville was as hilly as it it actually is and so i was like oh this should be flat and fast no <laughs> it was quite the it was one of the hardest half marathons i've ever mm. i've ever ran and i and i trained for it in bloomington where it's just as hilly but forget it on a humid hot sultry day it was it was something mm. um you know i guess a life another like life goal is i would love to get back to the east coast um anywhere between dc and boston um, I, you know, my family's there. I feel like that's where I fit the best. Now, granted, I've not lived in every place in this great United States, but I feel like that, you know, home is where your heart is. And that's, that's where my heart is. Um, and that's probably where I would best. So maybe, you know, hopefully within the next few years, I get to transition back there. I think more or less in thinking about my trajectory in higher ed, uh, student affairs, you know, I, I think about this constantly and I think about what I'm really good at, um, and maybe kind of what I thought I was good at, which I am good at, but kind of don't really seem enthusiastic about it anymore. I think maybe moving into something that is higher ed adjacent. So leaving field, I think, um, that that's okay. It's, you know, it's not for everybody. And I just, I think about that every day. Like, how can I help improve something? Maybe it it's taking a step outside of it. So yeah. I don't yeah. know. But if I had a <laughs> ball, I wish I could tell you. Um, and getting a dog. That's what I want to get. That's my future goal. Get a dog, get a house, and yeah. drink my coffee. So <laughs> it's all good stuff. Yeah, because we we just good adopted stuff. a dog. Uh, like oh. within the last week. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's like she's like an older dog. Like and we, oh. we, my. Because we, we, her given name is Chelsea, but I can I continually describe her as this like sweet little old mama. Like she's probably like four or five years old. She's clearly given birth a few times, and like was just like a, a 
like surrender uh, by the owner and stuff. So it's like, oh, maybe she got old. I mean, and then like we're having her now for like a week and it's like, how could someone have given her up? Like she's so well-behaved and she's like a snuggler and all that. But yeah, because I think like I had pets growing up and I mm-hmm. forgot how much of just like, you know, in their own way that kind of just adds that little bit to your life kind of thing. So it's nice. So uh, yeah, certainly getting used to a new routine, like checking in on her like throughout the day because I get sure. super close with my office. But um yeah, it's like a definitely a good thing to to look forward to, and um, I think yeah, because so I, I'll probably just link out to it just because it's good like food for thought on kind of what you're yeah. leaving on with like the uh, Defector series, which I contributed to this kind mm-hmm. of series too. Um, yeah, because yeah, there's that's a lot... I'm a Marfro, always thinking of awesome things. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know just being this sort of uh, sort of uh, what's the, the word I want to use, but just like sort of this gathering place, people sharing their stories of how they again sort of those decision points of why they um, kind of moved into a different sort of higher red role and stuff like that. So sure. I think I'm always a, an advocate for that. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think for me it is, yeah, just generally like I've been where I am now for almost two years. And I think it's a bit of what you alluded to and kind of figuring out the next step is like, certainly, you know, utilizing our strengths is important, but like for me it is sometimes because that was like sort of with res life is that like, I think I'm good at this, but it's not challenging anymore. So that's where I sort of get like restless is like, okay, I've done everything and I feel like I do it well, like now what's next. And then sometimes it's like, there's value in just like, okay, you do this well, just keep doing it. Like, just keep doing that for a while. But I've recognized in myself, like after about like two years, I'm just like, Mm -hmm. okay, okay, okay. Like what's going on? Like, you know, at, at times I need to like quiet that part and maybe like, you know, this endeavor is, partially like channeling the energy another way where I was kind of feeling mm-hmm. restless. And it's like, I think I'm okay for right now. There's some other transitions coming up. So let me like give that time and put this energy into something else that, you know, I do enjoy doing. I, I feel like, you know, it is a, a strength of mine and stuff like that. So, um, yeah. And, and it's that weird thing is like, as much as it's like, I don't know, like I, I get my ego wrapped up in it or I, I yeah, like I, I think about it a lot, you know, in that, in that same way where it's always just kind of swirling and just like, what should I be doing? Like, what's next? Like, what am I like, mm-hmm. you know, it's always just sort of like swirling around in there and, you know, hopefully keep it at like a, at a simmer and not have it like boil over where you're just like existential crisis. Like, I don't know yeah. what I'm doing in my life. But, um, Cause I guess it's good if it's a simmer because I think it makes, it makes sure that you're utilizing your time and making efforts that are sort of purposeful and moving towards something mm-hmm. versus just like, you know, if you're kind of just, doing things which is great but just doing them and there's not like connective tissue and stuff like that so long tangent professional <laughs> career trajectories are you know it's uh it's complex it's uh because i think for me too it's like i've only been doing stuff for a couple of years and i have to also be like it's okay if you're not like you know master of all you know after like right. four years so um, right but yeah that's uh all stuff I'm sure just throughout all these episodes because yeah just kind of the alignment of enthusiasms and strengths and just you know all that stuff figuring out how people are kind of making sense of all that so um yeah I wish you wish you luck and kind of uh Aww, all that stuff but um yeah and uh yeah hopefully you know you get to explore a few new places soon you know yeah you're taking uh-huh. a couple trips and stuff uh, here in the near future so um yeah because I think I'll have to because uh, yeah, like I was saying I have the immersion for our students it's in california mm-hmm. i've not tried a local california beer i don't think um mm. maybe maybe i did so yeah i have to ma- make sure that like reminded me because that's like my yeah. guiding, <laughs> guiding point so um but yeah so everything we talked about i'll make sure to get in the show notes a right. lot of cool stuff for people to check out um 
but thank you so much, Val, for, oh, for hanging out for and chatting. Um, it's always a good time. Um, and yeah, just have a good rest of your weekend. Thanks. You too. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.